Hey there, my name is Mike Parejo and I'm excited as we are continuing on in our series called Peace of Mind. And over the course of the series, we've been looking at mental health and, and more specifically, how do we take care of our mental health considering the wisdom of the Bible. And so if, if you've missed any of the messages in this series, you can always go to our website, rainerview.org online, and you can get caught up with any of the messages in this series. And I would highly recommend that you do that. Now today I am gonna to be covering the topic of depression. Okay, it's kind of a heavy today, so just, just fair warning, this, this may be a little bit triggering for some folks, but, but we're gonna be talking about depression and I, I don't know about you, but like when it comes to depression, like I, I get I get a picture in my mind of what depression looks like. And I don't know if it's the same thing for you, but, but for me, when I think of depression, I think of this guy right here. Okay, so if, if you're not familiar with who this is, this is Eeyore. He is a, a, a donkey. He comes from the uh, fictional world of Winnie the Pooh, okay? Now, Wh Winnie the Pooh himself, he, he's got some... He's got some issues. He's, he's got a, a pretty serious addiction to honey, but, but Eeyore's issues are different. Eeyore, uh, Eeyore is clinically depressed and he's got crazy low self-esteem issues. And, and so in, in the various books that A.A. A. Milne wrote, like Eeyore says things like this, could be worse, not sure how, but it could be. Okay, so today we are going to play a little game, uh, try to keep it a little bit lighter at the beginning of the message here. We're going to play a game called Eeyore or Old Testament. And what we're going to do is we're going to put a quote on the screen and you simply have to guess, do you think it's something that Eeyore said or is it an Old Testament quote using the message translation? You know, make it a little bit harder. If it was, you know, King James language, probably would be a little bit easier to figure out. So we're going to do either Eeyore or Old Testament, the message. So let's take a look at the first one here. I'm feeling terrible. I couldn't feel worse. What do you think, Eeyore or Old Testament? Well, that, that one's Old Testament. Okay, that one comes out of Psalm 119. So right or wrong, we'll move on to the second one. I'm a muddy mess inside and out. What do you think? Is that one Eeyore or is that also Old Testament? It's also Old Testament. It comes from the book of Job, chapter 30. Okay, so whether you're 0-2 or 2-0 or 1-1 at this point, we got one more. Let's, let's see if we can get you on the board here. I'm flat on my face, feeling sorry for myself, morning to night. All right, so that's got to be your right? Or, or is it another Old Testament quote? Yeah, it's Old Testament. Those are all Old Testament quotes. That last one came from Psalm chapter 38. So, so what we see here is that Eeyore-level depression is not something that just started when A.A. A. Milne created the character 100 years ago, okay? This, this kind of deep depression goes back thousands and thousands and thousands of years, okay? And, and, and while we might think that, that Eeyore is kind of that face of depression, for the most part, that, that's not what people who are dealing with depression look like and sound like. You know, they, they don't necessarily hang their head. And, and you know, there, there are cases where that's where people are at and that's how they, you know, express themselves. But, but a lot of times we're not hanging our heads and talking like this and saying really negative things. You know, for a lot of us that, that deal with depression, that's not what it looks like because we don't necessarily want to burden other people with the weight of our depression. 
And, and when I say we and our, I'm, I'm, I'm speaking from personal experience. Depression is something that I have dealt with for a number of years going you know, prior to the pandemic. And so we're going to talk about depression today and, and some of the different factors behind it and the ways that we can combat it. And, and when, when we talk about depression, that there's a number of different reasons why somebody might be dealing with depression. One of those reasons might be biological. There, there could be a, a brain chemistry issue that, that can help cause depression. There are relational factors that may come into play. You know, relationally, a, a relationship comes to an end. Maybe it's a divorce. Maybe it's somebody's death. Maybe it's uh, an estrangement in a relationship, and it's not. It doesn't seem like it's ever going to come back together. And maybe so, there are some relational things that are going on that that kind of bring us down. Maybe it has to do with something circumstantial. There are circumstantial factors that play into it. Something terrible happens. You know, you know, loss of a job. Uh, you know, you know, a car accident. You know, something horrific that happens in life. You know, natural. There can be a lot of things that happen in our lives that can contribute to depression. And then there's the spiritual side. And this is the side that within the church, maybe we don't necessarily want to agree with it. That well, wait a second. There, there are spiritual factors to depression. Oh yeah, we live in a spiritual world and, and the enemy will do anything that he can to, to stop us from serving God, you know, and so there, there can be spiritual reasons behind it. And so if in your brain this idea of like, well, if you have enough faith, you would never deal with depression, I want you to get that out of your mind right there because that, that, that is not a truth that we find in the Bible, Okay. If we think that depression is simply a spiritual issue, I want us to consider even, even Jesus. I don't think any of us can question the faith of Jesus. That Well, Jesus you know, had plenty of faith. He would never get depressed. But I want you to think about the night that he was in the Garden of Gethsemane. And he knew that the mob was coming for him to arrest him. And that he was going to be put on trial. And that he was going to be beaten. And eventually he was going to be hung on a cross and executed in the most painful way possible. He knew that was coming. And so he's praying in the garden. And I want you to, to consider this one, this one sentence that, that, he, that he utters to God in his prayer. And he says, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. That's a pretty strong statement right there. I'm overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. That sounds like depression. Even if it's momentary, it sounds like even Jesus dealt with it. And so I wouldn't say that, okay, if, if you really have faith, you'll never deal with depression. That's, that's not true. Now, before we get into the passage that we're going to focus on today, uh, dealing, you know, for, for those of us dealing with depression, I want to go over two key truths that we can, that we can kind of cling on to as we deal with depression. But before we get there, I want to talk to those of us that, that don't deal with depression, that it's not something that has really been an issue in my life, but, but maybe you have family members or friends or coworkers or neighbors that, that have talked and said like, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm, I've, I've been dealing with depression. I feel really depressed. And I want to give you some do's and some don'ts in terms of addressing, you know, kind of interacting with people that, that have depression. First thing that I, I, I want to ask you not to do, okay? Don't say things like, hey, cheer up or don't get depressed. Okay, if it was that easy, why would anybody be depressed? Like, oh, oh if I had just thought of, of cheering up. <laughs> Crazy how I didn't think of that. It's, it doesn't work that way. You know, if, if it was just something, a, a switch that we could turn off, then of course we, we would turn it off. But, but telling somebody just to cheer up or, hey, hey, don't, don't get depressed, like, 
it doesn't, it doesn't work that way. Instead, maybe try showing that person some empathy. Maybe try to come to an understanding of what they are going through. And instead of just trying to, to give it a quick fix by saying, cheer up, have some empathy. Try to understand what's going on inside of that person. Uh, another don't is, is don't just focus on the circumstantial aspects and then play the comparison game like, hey, you know, you don't really have any reason to de be depressed. I mean, I, I know this person that's got it so much worse than you do. I mean, like they were in this accident and this happened and that happened. So like in comparison, like your life's pretty good. That's not helpful. Okay. If anything, you will be heaping on guilt and shame onto that person of like, oh, you're right. Like not only am I depressed, but like, but now... I'm kind of a jerk for being depressed because, yeah, there are people that have it way worse off. That, that's, that's not how depression works. So, so don't play the comparison game. I, I once had somebody tell me that, like, you know, it's not really depression until you take a knife to your throat. I'm like, okay, I, I don't know. You, you're not a doctor. I don't know where you're coming up with that. But, like, those kind of comparisons are not helpful. Instead, you know, I'd encourage you, do show interest in that person and, and, and how their mental health is doing. It's, it's going beyond the question, hey, hey, how's it going? Because chances are they'll probably just say fine. So maybe follow up with something like, so, you know, you, you shared before that, you know, you've kind of struggled with your mental health and depression a little bit. Like, how are you doing? Like, how, how is it going with that? Show actual interest. Okay, it, it, you know, if it's me and you're asking me that question, Maybe I don't want to answer the question, but I appreciate the fact that, that you're willing to ask. Um, you know, somebody who's dealing with depression, feel free to invite them to go grab coffee or lunch or something like that, because I can tell you that depression and isolation go hand in hand, no doubt. Another thing that you should not do, and I, I touched on it earlier, don't, don't make it all about a lack of faith. Okay, don't, don't infer that, this, that the person dealing with depression just needs to show more faith in God. They just need to have more trust in God. Okay, that, that's just going to add on a level of spiritual guilt that isn't helpful. Okay, and instead it's, it's just asking, maybe it's asking the question, hey, how can I support you, you know, as, as you continue to deal with this? Again, not, not trying to fix them, but just asking the question, like, is there anything that I can do? Is, is there something specific that I can be praying for? What, what can I do to help? Now, the person may not have an answer for you. They may not know. It, you know for me, sometimes people have asked me that question. I'm like, oh, yeah, I don't know. If you can just be praying for me, that'd be great. But if I think of something else, I'll be sure to let you know. Okay? Those kind of things are helpful. Okay? All right, so that, that's out of the way. I want us to go, uh, I want you to jump over to Lamentations chapter 3. We're going to get there in a moment. And if you're not familiar with the book of Lamentations, it's written by the prophet Jeremiah and... Well, to be honest, it's a really depressing read, okay? And, and there's a reason why it's so depressing and why Jeremiah is so incredibly depressed, okay? I, you know, he's also known as, as the weeping prophet because he witnessed horrific things. Jeremiah was alive during the time when, when the Babylonians came and just absolutely ransacked Jerusalem, okay? Just, just destroyed the city. He was witness to the temple that Solomon built to God. He, he was witness to that temple being destroyed. He was witness to many of, of his people being killed or carried off into exile. Loved ones, you know, that, that he would never see again. He was witness to some terrible things. And so, of course, he's going to be depressed. Starting in verse 1. 
I am the man who has seen affliction by the rod of the Lord's wrath. He has driven me away and made me walk in darkness rather than light. Indeed, he has turned his hand against me again and again all day long. He has made my skin and my flesh grow old and has broken my bones. He has besieged me and surrounded me with bitterness and hardship. He has made me dwell in darkness like those long dead. He's walled me in so I cannot escape. He has weighed me down with chains. Even when I call out or cry for help, he shuts out my prayer. He has barred my way with blocks of stone. He has made my paths crooked. Wow. So what, what Jeremiah is writing here, I mean, this, this, is, this is dark stuff. The, the, the metaphors that he uses here as he's is talking about this and kind of almost what he feels like, you know, God is, is, is inflicted upon him. You know, I, I'm, I'm living in darkness. You know, my skin and my flesh, I'm, I'm growing old. Like my, my, my bones are broken. I, I, I'm living in the midst of, of, of all this darkness like those who are dead. I'm walled in. I'm weighed down with chains. I am surrounded by stones. I, the path before me isn't clear. Like, this is rough. This, this is really, really rough. And, and, you know, when it comes to his feelings of God, with God, like, at, at best, he feels like God is just ignoring him. And, and at worst, he feels like, you know, God is inflicting upon all this, all this stuff upon me, that, that, that God is, 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 is attacking me for some reason. And so maybe you've been there. Maybe not as, as dark as, as Jeremiah has gone, but may, maybe you're in a place where you feel that, that level of, of hopelessness that Jeremiah has felt with. And so today, again, I want us to talk about two truths uh, that are going to help us when we're battling depression. And, and the first truth that we need to understand is that, that your emotions are valid, but they are not permanent. Your emotions are valid, but they're not permanent. Emotions are good. Emotions are good things. God has given us emotions for a reason, and, and to be able to express those emotions are, are good. Now, what we find a lot of times is that it's much easier for us to express really positive emotions, or we would much prefer talking about when we're happy. Okay, I, I, just, I just think about, you know, things coming up. Okay, so we're a couple weeks out from the NFL season starting, and, and so every football fan is really excited about their team's chances right now. Why? Because we're all tied for first place. Everybody's zero and zero. This could be our year. This could be the year we go all the way. I mean, unless you're a Cardinals fan, forget it then. But, like, but for most of us, like, we can be really excited about that. Or just mark my words, in less than a month, social media is going to be filled with the posts of people who are thrilled that it's pumpkin spice season. And they want everybody to know that it's pumpkin spice season and how excited they are because it's sweater weather and pumpkin spice and so gross. I don't, I don't care, Wh whatever, but, but they're excited about that. Or, or all the people that, that got to, you know, go to the Taylor Swift concert, like, you know, including our own Erica Anderson, who got to go and just the, the feelings of ecstasy that they could express because they got to see Taylor Swift in concert. Okay, we're good at expressing positive emotions. It's much harder for us to express things, I think, when, when we're in despair, when we're in depressed. You know, those are things that we want to we wanna hold in. I, I went through that uh, towards the end of 2022. The end of 2022 was a really brutal season for my family. Um, I was in the midst of, of several months of, of being unemployed, uh, where it honestly felt like 
nobody was going to be hiring a former pastor. And it just didn't feel like, you know, like I don't have any transferable skills. Like, so feeling super down about that. Uh, I got into a car accident where somebody rear-ended me. And again, that, that's, it was relatively minor. Nobody got hurt, but like just, just the inconvenience of that and dealing with insurance. We also had an insurance claim on our house because we had a pipe burst in our upstairs master bathroom. And so we had to shut down the bathroom. But because it happened upstairs, we, we got a brand new water feature on our first floor. Yeah, that's a joke. Uh, like, uh, it was bad. Like, so our lives were totally upended. And all that happened at the same time when, when my wife was about to have a, a pretty major surgery. And so like, she was going to go into this surgery and, and I had to take care of her. And our house was a complete mess. And how are we going to do that? And oh, yeah, she had also gotten a call from her doctor saying that there's something in your mammogram that we, we don't really like and, and we want to do some more tests. And so all, all this stuff is, is swimming around inside of me. And I'll, and I'll be honest, I, I did a terrible job of expressing what was going on inside of me to God. And I think partially it's because I felt guilty that, that I was feeling those things. And it felt like I, I shouldn't be feeling those things. But, but God wants us to be able to come to him with all of our emotions, the good, the bad, and the ugly. I mean, if, if you look through scripture, I mean, when you consider what Jeremiah wrote, Jeremiah didn't have any issues going to God with super negative and hopeless emotion and, and depression. He didn't have any issues with it. You know, if, if you read the Psalms, the Psalms are filled with every emotion that's out there, rage and joy and you know, excitement and you know, just fearful and, and all sorts of things. I mean, the, the writers of the Psalms, they could go to God with whatever they were dealing with because God can handle whatever we're dealing with in the moment. Again, those, those, those temporary feelings, and again, sometimes when we're in the midst of a depression, it feels like I've felt like this way forever, and it feels like I will never stop being depressed, but, but we have to remember that our emotions are temporary, and so we need to be able to express those to God. We need to be able to get them out, and I would also say it's important that we let other people in to know what's going on, to have some select people that, that we can trust with that stuff going on. And so I also want to encourage you, again, if you're, if you're dealing with depression, sometimes we can, we can be tempted to make a permanent decision based on a temporary emotion. Well, what does that look like? Well, what's, what would be a permanent decision? Well, things in my marriage are, are just terrible. I feel terrible about it, and so I like, forget it. We're just, we're just going to get a divorce. And... I don't need to work on it, we're, we're just done. Or maybe there's some sort of a, something happens within the church and you decide like, okay, I'm just, this isn't working. This whole faith thing isn't working. I'm done with God, I'm done with the church and we can just walk away from the church and, and just be done with it. That, that, that's a permanent decision right there. Or sometimes, you know, the ultimate permanent decision and things are so bad and so low that the consideration that, that even being here on earth living isn't worth it anymore and, and, and making that permanent decision to end one's life. And so it's, it's important that we let those feelings out, that we share them with others. This is hard stuff, I, I understand. And so I want to get to our second truth. It's, it's going to start to bring us out of this a little bit. And that's the truth that your situation feels hopeless, but with God, there is always hope. Your situation may feel completely hopeless right now, but God is a God of hope, and with God, 
there's always hope in whatever situation we find ourselves. And again, looking to Jeremiah, despite all the things that had happened, despite the horrific things that he witnessed, despite watching his, his, his homeland just be absolutely destroyed, to see God's temple raised to the ground, to see people killed and taken off into exile, close friends and family. Like, and what we see with Jeremiah is that he still turns back to God, that he, he still chooses to have hope based on who God is. And so I want us to go back to Lamentations chapter 3, and we're going to pick it up just, it's the same chapter that we saw all those negative things before, but now check it out starting in verse 19. I remember my affliction and my wandering, the bitterness and the gall. I well remember them, and my soul is downcast within me. Yet this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for His compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I say to myself, the Lord is my portion, therefore I will wait for Him. The Lord is good to those whose hope is in Him, to the one who seeks Him. It is good to wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. And so again, Jeremiah acknowledges his depression before God. Okay, we, we understand the reasons why you know, he, he was dealing with it. And what we see is that Jeremiah's hope is in God because of what he knows about God and God's character. I mean, again, what are the things that we see that, that Jeremiah recognizes? Okay, because of the Lord's great love. He knows that God is a God of love. He is the God of love, that God is love. He understands that. He understands that, that God is a God of, of compassion, that God is a God of, of next chances, second and third and fourth chances, that God is my portion. He is, he is my everything. He understands that, that God is good to those who place their hope in Him. You know, Jeremiah is able to find hope because he knows who God is. He understands the character of God. Again, going back to, to my story a little bit, towards the end of 2022, um, getting towards the end of the calendar year, the last week of December, things got really low for me, like as, as pretty much as low as they could go, and everything felt completely out of control, and my emotions were just spiraling downwards. Um, and, and, and I got to a point where there were nights where I would go to sleep, and, and the last thing on my mind would be, God, I'm okay if I don't wake up tomorrow. I'm, I'm okay if, if there's no morning. Not like sadness morning, but like 6 a.m. morning. Like I'm, I'm fine if, if, if I'm done. And after a few nights of that, it, I, I even got to a place where I even consider, okay, well, there's, there's a way that I could see to that as well. Even the considers of, of me taking my own life. No, I, I, I didn't act on it. And what I discovered is that, okay, the next morning, okay, God, you gave me another day. All right, and the next morning, okay, God, you gave me another day. And, and he was giving me enough new days that I eventually I kind of realized, okay, God is giving me these opportunities of new days. And I came to the place where I realized, okay, I, I, I need to take action on this. And I can't just keep dwelling in this stuff. I needed, to, I needed to do things. I needed to make sure that I was spending time 
in God's word and, and seeking after to, to, to remind myself of who God was, to find that hope in God's word about who he is, to spend that time in prayer. Um, I made sure that I, I did things like regulating my sleep to make sure that I was getting to bed at a regular time so that I could wake up at a regular time so that you know, my sleep habits were good. I was making sure that like, okay, when I get up, the first thing I'm gonna do is exercise and try to, try to get that going and, and trying to regulate some of those things. Um, I started seeing my mental health counselor again. I had stopped nine months prior and decided like, okay, like clearly I need to, I need to be talking to him some more. I, I talked with my own physician about antidepressants and, and seeing, okay, is, is this something that's gonna be helpful to, to go back on? And, and, and beyond all that, I also realized that I needed to let people in. I needed to tell people what was going on, again, so all those negative emotions weren't just swimming around inside of me. And so, you know, I, I made sure to, you know, I, I told my wife, April, she was the very first one that I talked about it. And, and I talked to each of my kids in, in ways that would be, you know, helpful for them, but not overwhelming for them. And then I, you know, I've got a select group of guys that, that I've let in. And I've told them about what's going on, guys that I love and I trust and I know that they love me and they want the very best for me. And so I have those people in my life um, that know about what's, what's going on and, and they can ask me that. Um, and things have gotten better. Th things have improved. L life has gotten better. I, uh, you know, the truck was fixed. That wasn't that big of a deal. Um, with the house, there was $40,000 worth of damage. We paid a thousand dollar deductible and that was it. And our house is fine now, okay? Uh, my wife's surgery literally went as well as it possibly could have gone. She's doing great. The tests that they wanted to take because they didn't like what they saw came back negative. Everything's good there. And I'm working for an organization, organization called the Coffee Oasis that I love. And I love the mission of the organization. It's Christ-centered and I love what I do. Okay, I spent six months looking for a job and God has placed me with a, in, in a job that I, I can't believe that I get to do. And my, and my depression is gone. No, my depression isn't gone. It's, it's, it's not completely gone. I'd be lying to tell you that, that it's gone. There, there, are, there are some bad moments. There are still some bad days, okay? But that's okay because my hope is in God. And, and if it's his will that, that my depression is completely gone someday, that's awesome. But for right now, I'm going to keep living in that truth that his compassion is new every morning. And I'm going to own that truth. I'm going to love that. And I'm going to try to live in that and trusting in him. And so as we wrap up today, I just, I just want to leave you with, with two things that you can do. If, if you are dealing with depression, even if you're not dealing with depression, but you know that somebody who is, may, maybe these are a couple things that you, can, that you can share with them. But there's two things that I would ask you to do, but I ask you to do both of them. It's not just one or the other. But I'm going to ask you to release and remind. And what does that mean? Well, first of all, to be able to release, to, to release the emotions inside you, not just say like, oh, they're not there, but feel free to vent. Feel free to vent to God, okay? Our God is a big God, and He can handle whatever it is that you have to say to Him. Again, remembering the Psalms, remembering what Jeremiah wrote, they didn't hold back what they were feeling, okay? Jesus went to His Father to tell Him, my soul is overwhelmed to the point of death. I, I, life is so sorrowful, I, I'm sorrowful to the point of death. Jesus went there 
It's okay to go to God with your own psalm, to, to tell him what's going on inside of you, to, to write to him, to type it out, whatever it is, but don't be afraid to release that to him. And it may not be a bad idea to share with somebody else kind of what's going on inside. But again, you can't just have those negative emotions just swimming inside of you. So you have to release that stuff. And then I'm going to ask you to remind yourself of God's goodness and why we can have hope in Him because our God is a faithful God. And so what I would ask you to do is, is to write down one way that God has shown Himself faithful in the past. Think of a time when things were hard and God came through. Write that down. And then when you're done writing that, write another thing that God has done to show his faithfulness. And then write another one and another one and write as many ways that you can remember that God has shown up for you, and that God has come through and that, that, that God has brought you hope in life because of all the times that he has come through. So release and remind. And if you want to take it to the next level, I would encourage you to memorize Lamentations chapter 3, verses 22 and 23. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Friends, it's okay to acknowledge that you are depressed. It's okay. A lot of us are there. It's even okay if things feel hopeless right now, as long as we remember that the God of love, the God of compassion wants to meet you right where you are, and he wants to walk with you through that time. Thanks so much for watching today. We appreciate you. Jesus loves you.